We want to welcome each of you to this seminar. We're going to be talking about sanitariums and their role, especially in connection with the third, the three angels' messages. And I'm delighted to have our speaker today. I'm going to be your moderator. My name is Wayne Atwood, and I'm going to be here to um, moderate any of the questions that you might want to ask. Um, and we're going to go ahead and, and take care of that um, for you. With and uh, we, we trust that, uh, and I'm delighted to have our speaker today. I'm going to. We trust that you will be blessed as you listen to the presentation. And I want to especially welcome Dr. Nick Dan that is with us that's going to do the presentation. We're so happy you're here with us, Dr. Dan. I'm happy to, and uh, good morning to everybody. Actually, here in Romania, from where I'm speaking, it's uh, it's afternoon, but uh, nonetheless, I we we just need to ask God to bless each one of us. So, um, if you don't mind, maybe we should uh, start with a prayer, or you need to to say anything. <laughs> it's it's a little bit strange, you know, that was set up to <laughs> to have this seminar <laughs> and see nobody in the in the face. <laughs> yes, yes, we're doing a little bit different than we normally do, and uh, yes, I think that a prayer would be perfectly appropriate. So why don't we go ahead and start with a prayer? Would you like to pray? Yes. Our Heavenly Father, we need your presence and we need your blessings, not only as we speak and as we ponder about the role of sanitariums and the connection with the three angel messages, uh, but also we, we realize the task uh, before us is, uh, is so huge and we are so weak. Please remind us that you are strong and, and uh, this is not about us, it's about you and bless this movement and bless each one who would like to make a contribution, who loves you and want to see other people in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. So uh, just for those that are joining us, if you have any questions, feel free to type those in the chat box. And um, we will take those throughout the presentation and try to answer them the best we can. So the time is all yours, Dr. Dan. Thank you. Well, when, uh, you know, I, I did a couple of uh, Zoom meetings, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a little bit different than with a live audience. And so I didn't know who is the moderator, but when I heard that is Wayne Atwood, so I, I felt at ease because, you know, I know I know you now for 30 some years, uh, uh, back in the early 90s, I, I was uh, in Wildwood with my wife and uh, your, your father was the president. So you, you grew up in this, this environment. Uh, so we, you know about, you know, what we talk about. And, you know, we, we both my wife and me were greatly blessed by, by interaction with your family. So, you know, I praise the Lord for the opportunity we had to meet your family, your father. And yeah, it's, it's time to meet my family. <laughs> for those who, who watch, uh, uh, my wife, we've been married for almost 30 years now. And uh, <clears throat> uh, then we have two children. 
uh, Michael and Krista. And uh, since we got married, we talked about uh, the sanitarium. We got involved in setting up and, and founding the, the Hergelia Lifestyle Center. I guess it was the first uh, sanitarium in, you know, in the uh, communistic uh, uh, world. And uh, so we, we've been blessed uh, uh, working for a sanitarium. So that's, that's what I'm going to talk uh, uh, now. Uh, of course, uh, I'd like to bring greetings from, uh, from our team at Hergelia. Uh, uh, we, without the team and without, we, without these people, I think much of our knowledge or uh, whatever expertise we might have would amount to nothing. And I think we, we are indebted to each, each one of the workers, which brings a great contribution to what, what is happening at, at Hergelia. We just finished a session today and another one, uh, I think we'll have a full house uh, starting uh, Sunday. Um, I'd like to, to start uh, with a story. Um, and th this is the story of my father. Uh, he, he was born before the Second World War and uh, in uh, 1936, and then a few years after the, the end of the Second World War, uh, he came in touch with an Adventist, with an Adventist family, and uh, they gave him a book. It was not, not the whole uh, medical ministry, just some, some parts of this book. But he was so impressed by what he, he read there. Uh, he had some health issue because uh, some uh, med medical mistake, somebody, a physician prescribed the wrong medication for, for whatever he had. And so he had some health problems and reading what, what he read in the, the uh, medical ministry really helped him to get back uh, uh, on uh, good health. And so he was so impressed that from there he began to study the Bible closer, uh, and finally, he was baptized into the Adventist church. Now, being uh, somebody who came from, from a main uh, religion background, uh, he really took very seriously uh, whatever he read. And, you know, because he was impressed with the medical aspect of, uh, of uh, the Adventist, he really uh, read the books and he came across uh, this idea of sanitarium. So. Uh, he uh, started to develop a dream. I, 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 you know, it's very difficult to say how dreams or how a calling is born in, in the human heart, but evidently the Holy Spirit, God, who knows uh, everything, uh, you know, we as human people, we uh, human beings, we can hardly uh, kind of control maybe one, two, three variables. When, when we, we get to three or four, we are lost. But God, God you know, is infinite and he, he can control all these variables and he knows and he calls certain people for certain uh, ministries. And uh, so he kind of spoke to his heart and, and he developed this, this idea, this dream of a sanitarium. But of course, it was impossible during communism. It was the iron curtain and and nothing of uh, personal initiative or private uh, fashion could be developed. 
but uh, over the time as uh, uh, you know the the family uh, he he established a family and and uh, then uh, children came into the world uh, he shared with us his dream he shared with us uh, uh, places and it was like like a, a fabulous like a like a special place like Battle Creek or Loma Linda, we knew those names. Of course, we, we didn't know much about it or didn't see it. But anyway, he, he spoke about that. And then he, he used uh, many natural treatments on us when we had a fever or a flu or something like that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, everything went fine uh, with the the three children, but when when my father was about 44 and my mother was 40, they had the last uh, child. I guess you you can see it in the in the picture, uh, Christian, my my little brother, and I was five when he was born. Uh, uh, my older sister was 15 and uh, uh, Rodika was 13, and out of the blue sky, this ha happy family. Uh, was stricken by what probably our, our non-Adventist relatives thought that is a curse. Uh, namely, in the morning after my mother gave birth to Christian, she had a massive stroke and she was, uh, uh, you know, hemiparesis, half of the body became that, and she could not speak, she could not recognize anybody, so overnight, our family got into the, the worst crisis. Uh, Magdalena, uh, you know, became overnight a, a mother and, you know, Rodika had to help. And uh, there were difficult uh, months because my mother, after two, two weeks after she gave birth, physicians said, okay, uh, you should go. She should go because you could not speak with her. She should go to the rehab because rehab needs to be done early uh, and uh, you, you take the kid home and then, you know, just, uh, you know, give him milk uh, and so on. But mother didn't want, uh, the little she could understand, she, she didn't want. And so she came home and, and uh, she was, could not move, she could not speak. So she wanted somebody to be overnight with her because she was afraid of you, you. Maybe some of you know that after you have a massive stroke, you, you develop some can develop depression, anxiety, and so on. And so uh, my father and the girls, they divided the night in three and they, they were there near my mother. And from four to four hours, they, they put uh, uh, Christian to her uh, breast to, to feed. So for, for the outside world, uh, world, especially those, because they, my, my father and my mother were the only Adventists in the, in the family. So it seems like a, a sort of curse. But after four months or so, my mother, you know, uh, Christian grew, my mother was able to, to go to the rehab and began a very slow uh, process of rehab. And over a few years, she recovered almost completely. And it was a miracle for, for physicians. 
And, you know, part of this was diet, part of this was natural remedies, and of course, most of it was, was faith and God's blessing. But then, you know, in the same time when, when she got the stroke, not, um, uh, you know, in the same time, pretty much, my father lost his job uh, because he, he wouldn't go to, so he was managing a few restaurants in, in the city, uh, several restaurants, and, and he, he was very faithful. Uh, he was a very, actually, those were the, the only one who were open because the rest of them, uh, you know, got in, in the bankruptcy. But anyway, somebody wanted his job, and during the communists, if you wouldn't go to sab, uh, you wouldn't go to the job during the Sabbath because we used to work uh, six days, uh, you could lose. And so my father lost that. Part of it was that he didn't want to coll collaborate with the Secret Service because he was an elder in the church. And anyway, so what I want to say that is that during that time, it was such a big crisis in our family. But little by little, God intervened. And I don't have the time to, to share that, but, but little by little, God put things back. And, you know, it's interesting that, that from there to the fact that our family, uh, you know, kind of the, the children, we children kind of uh, uh, shared into the vision of our father. And we, we saw light once the communists fall in 89, uh, we all had this idea, okay, finally we can do it. We can start a sanitarium. I was in the medical school in the last year. And so, you know, we, we praise the Lord that we were able to be involved in this. And, you know, my mother just, just died about 10 days ago. She was almost 90. So she, she was the oldest uh, person because other uh, sister and brothers, they were nine, they died before her. So everybody could see that there was a big blessing and, and we, you know, this family didn't love the Lord just because things were, went well, but even in the difficulties, they loved the Lord and, and how the Lord used this family to be involved in, in setting up Hergelia and, uh, and in, this, uh, in this work. So so I think that there is a big blessing when we, we believe in what God has said, said. And, and, you know, working at this presentation, I realized that I didn't quote it a lot of Bible. And, uh, well, I quoted Revelation, of course, that, but other than that, not, not a lot of Bible. And, you know, this was somehow purpose, purposeful because, you know, we have this little light which brings a very specific vision about uh, the current state of the world and what will happen. Now, it takes faith to believe it. I, I remember during the communists, I, I, many times I, I overheard my father, he was an elder in the church, and many times he would invite uh, another elder who was a friend, and they were discussing about the state of the world. Under the communists, it looked like the communists will go on and on forever. And, you know, there won't be any, you know, second coming, there won't be any uh, United States being the, the world superpower uh, and so on. But after they reviewed the prophecies and after they said, well, th there is no place for the communists in the Bible, we don't see it in the prophecies. And in the spirit of prophecy says that, that there will come a time when the United States will be the first. 
and said, you know, for sure the prophecy is true, it will come to, to uh, fulfillment. Although there was no clear evidence or there no indication that the world is going in that direction. But then when, when the, the communists collapse, uh, you know, the, the two days after that in the morning, uh, when I wake up, uh, I woke up, I, I, I realized, okay, we are free. Finally, we can, we can do the sanitarium. Now, now, United States is exactly like the, the great controversy says, it's the superpower. There's no, nothing else comparing with that. So it's true, you know, everything is true. So what I want to say that, you know, this, uh, uh, this topic of three angel message sometimes can be very dry and, and uh, I mean, you hear it so many times and, and you know, you don't quite see, you know, what, what else new or, or if there is any sense anymore in it and with the current state of affairs in the world. But I, I think, you know, that, that you know, fate, we, we need faith to go through all this, uh, what, what we go even, even now with COVID-19. Um, you know, recently, uh, together with my wife, we, we wrote a book about uh, a plant-based uh, whole food nutrition. And it was quite an under, undertaking. It's also, I'm using it uh, in the university as a course for, for uh, medical, uh, uh, nutrition therapy, and as as we studied for months, and we looked over hundreds of articles, hundreds of articles. Uh, you know, every day I could say, you know, thank you, Lord, for the light you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that we we are we are not blocked into the uh, you know gluten craze. Thank you that we are not uh, you know uh, into the into the Atkins uh, uh, craze, or you know, super protein, lots of protein, and you know, keto diet craze. You know, thank you for this. Thank you that we know for sure that carbs are good, but of course, from a whole food source like like whole whole wheat or whole oats or so, we we know that is good. So so we don't have to wander for years on the left or on the right. We can go exactly to the target and. And that really helped the, the Adventist researchers and really helped me as I wrote the book to, to, stay, to stay focused. So uh, this is just an introduction to, to set up the, the background. The fact that you know, we, don't, we don't believe that the spirit of prophecy should be put above the Bible or, I mean, we, we should read only the, the spirit of prophecy. But for this particular topic about sanitarium, the spirit of prophecy wrote, you know, really literally hundreds of pages about this. And so if God wanted to, to, to and he chose somebody, a, a weak instrument to, to kind of convey to his church this information that, you know, no matter to whom it came, we, we should, you know, we should, we should listen to him. So this, this was the, the introduction. And now I, I'd like to, to show to the the audience, the, the structure of this presentation. Uh, uh, I will refer first uh, to the sanitarium concept, trying to define what is a sanitarium, because it might be a little bit uh, confusing for some. They heard about home sanitariums or little sanitariums, big sanitariums, 
and they heard that you know hospitals and some think that you know we shouldn't go into the hospitals but should stay with sanitary. what it is the sanitary and for this i will i will share what i found you know looking at loma linda uh, uh, they had a branch of lny lngyt state and you know i did a research about this what is this sanitarium then secondly we'll try to to speak about identity and the role of a sanitarium what are the main characteristics which makes out of a health institution a sanitarium uh, then uh, the third idea what is the connection be between the sanitarium and the three angels message then we'll go into uh, answering the question, why is high time to open more sanitariums around the world right now? And then we will end uh, you know, with a little guide or you know, based on the experience, current experience uh, we, we had on how to start a sanitarium today. Okay, let's go into the first uh, uh, part of the presentation. Uh, what it is about this sanitarium concept that you know God saw wisdom in in sending us so much information about this. Uh, the Adventist health institutions were established in 19th century, so in the second part of the 19th century, century intentionally, unlike existing hospitals. Adventist pioneers wanted a new kind of hospital with a new distinct name. Adventist pioneers called this new revolutionary health institution a sanitarium. And it came from the Latin sanitas. This is the nominative for health, soundness of body, soundness of mind. So this pretty much uh, included this concept of wholeness. Uh, in the 19th century, the medical practice was focused on treating symptoms, really, because lack of understanding of uh, physiology, physiopathology, biology, and microbiology for a long time of that century, they didn't know and they didn't believe that there are mic uh, microbes. Uh, so, uh, fancy, irreal explanation about diseases generated fancy treatments. Uh, and here are some of the uh, drugs and procedures used in the 19th century. Bleeding was one of the most favorite. I mean, somebody had fever, and so they bleed uh, him or her to death. And of course, you know, <laughs> you know, the the fever went down down because there was no blood blood anymore to hit the the body. And then, you know, big on the list was opium, cocaine, and marijuana. Everybody could have access to that. Arsenic, mercury, smoking. Smoking was prescribed for, uh, for pulmonary diseases. And then a favorite was water or alcohol-based extracts of animal products, such as bone, fat, or even pearls, and sometimes from minerals best left in the ground, like mercury. And you can imagine what, what was, were the consequences of this kind of uh, medical practices. So in the uh, vision of the pioneers, sanitariums were to focus on the real causes of disease. Well, how did they know? Well, 
<laughs> here, here comes the Adventist advantage. They didn't know. But the real causes of diseases uh, were revealed in the health vision given to Ellen J. White. And uh, of course, you know, then uh, some of the people like, like Kellogg and others begin to do research. They were friends with Pavlov in Russia and, and you know, exchange ideas and so on. But in the beginning, it was given by revelation because there, there were similar ideas, but, you know, mingled with a lot of errors. But uh, what we received at that time was really pure truth. Uh, accuracy of the information is amazing. I just, I just give uh, several examples. Like, you know, uh, Elena J. White spoke about low-grade inflammation as a result of unhealthy eating and lifestyle habits, like, you know, eating meat, uh, uh, fatty meats, sugar, and, uh, you know, combination of sugar and and uh, milk and eggs and so on. Then, uh, you know, spoke about whole, food, uh, whole foods with fiber essential for health. You know, they didn't know about microbiome, but now we know about microbiome and we know how important are these uh, prebiotics. Then, you know, she spoke a lot about the gut-brain axis and implication for the whole body. Now we know that, that microbiome and whatever is happening there because we don't know everything. Uh, but it's very complex, actually impact every system of our body, including our mind. And then she spoke about something which people didn't kind of liked a lot to speak. Uh, uh, but, you know, people are speaking now in the last 10, 15 years, everybody in the social psychological sciences are talking about this. And it, it, this is temperance and self-control. And then, of course, animal food detrimental for health. So all these were very accurate information given about the causes of the disease. So sanitariums focus on the causes, not on the symptoms. It's not that we disregard symptoms, but you know, it's it's you know, uh, evidence-based medicine you know, deals mainly with with uh, uh, causes. And then another feature of this sanitarium concept was that the saving of the soul through love and truth uh, is central in its mission. Uh, God revealed that sanitariums are one of the most effective agencies to give life to the world in the last days. Sanitarium concepts covers medical or surgical institution with one distinct feature, the saving of the souls or in other words, the proclamation of the truth for this time is central. So this, this feature sh should be central to everything done in sanitariums, goals, plans, decision from establishment, for, from the way we build it and you know, the way we run it. She wrote in 1914, if a sanitarium connected with this closing message fails to lift up Christ and the principles of the gospel as developed in the third angel's message, it fails in its most important feature and contradicts the very object of its existence. Sanitariums are needed in which successful medical and surgical work can be done. Those institutions conducted in accordance with the will of God would remove prejudice and call our work into favorable notice. And you know, now after um, 24 years since we started Hergelia, if you if you go in Romania, many people you'll be amazed how many people know about this 
a little small institution with 50 beds, which is, you know, out in the woods. The highest aim of the workers in this institution is to be the spiritual health to the patients. Successful evangelistic work can be done in connection with medical missionary work. It is as these lines of work are united that we may expect to gather the most precious fruits of the, for the Lord. So, <clears throat> trying to sum up the essentials of a sanitarium, <clears throat> I will use a quotation from volume six, Testimonies, in which uh, it said, the Lord years ago gave me special light in regard to the establishment of a health institution. Uh, this was the sanitarium, I added, where <clears throat> the sick could be treated on altogether different lines from those followed in any other institution in our world. It was to be founded and conducted upon Bible principles as the Lord's instrumentality. And it was to be in his hands one of the most effective agencies for giving light to the world. It was God's purpose that it should stand forth. And, you know, I put one, two, three to help, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, organize this. With scientific ability, it stands for, for scientific ability, with moral and spiritual power, and as a faithful sentinel of reform in all its bearings. All who should act a part in it were to be reformers, having respect to its principles and heeding the light of health reform shining upon us as a people. Okay, to sum it up, uh, the sanitarium defined by inspiration is a health institution where the sick could be treated on altogether different lines from those followed by the majority of health institutions in our world today. I'm saying majority because we, we have to be humble. You know, God gave life to other people and there are other people who they don't call it sanitarium, but they are doing a, a very good work in health lines. Okay founded and conducted upon Bible principles as the Lord's instrumentality and should stand forth with scientific ability, with moral and spiritual power, and as, as a faithful sentinel or reform in all its bearings. The staff of this institution should be reformers who live in their own life the light of the health message and are equipped to gracefully share the beauty of it in the light of the everlasting gospel. If this definition is met, this institution is in his, in God's hands, one of the most effective agencies for giving light to the world. So I, I really hope that by now we have uh, a, a clear uh, image about what a sanitarium is and what a sanitarium is not. So when we apply this, uh, then we, we have to, some of us have to reconcile the idea of the hospital. The fact that we name uh, an institution hospital and not sanitarium doesn't mean that that hospital is not actually a sanitarium. So if that hospital kind of meet this criteria, that's a sanitarium. But you can have a sanitarium which, uh, you know, claim that it's a sanitarium, but doesn't meet this criteria that it's not a sanitarium. Okay, and you know, just to, to, to understand, uh, sanitarium doesn't mean just a few procedure. Uh, I just want to, to remind to the, those who hear that at the turn of the century, 
19th to 20th century in the Battle Creek Sanitarium, they were, they, there were over 250 hydrotherapy modalities which were given as treatments to the patients. So they were very specific. So there weren't just a few like fermentation and these, uh, you know, food bath and, you know, five or 10 of them. They were 250. So <clears throat> our idea about sanitarium, and then there, were, there, was, there was surgery and so on and so forth. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, speak now about the identity and role of a sanitarium. What are the main characteristics? <laughs> it's important to, uh, to understand that uh, this sanitarium conce concept and uh, plans were not invented by, by Len White or even the pioneers. The plan to provide institutions for the proper care of the sick originated with the Lord. He has instructed his people that this institution should be established. Christ cooperates with those who engage in medical missionary work, men and women who unselfishly do what they can to establish sanitariums and treatment rooms in many lands will be richly rewarded. Those who visit this institution will be benefited physically, mentally, and spiritually. The weary will be refreshed, the sick restored to health, and sin burden relieved in far off countries from those whose hearts are by these agencies turned from the service of sin unto righteousness will be heard thanksgivings and the voice of melody, but their songs are grateful praise as testimony will be born that will win others to allegiance and to fellowship with Christ. So God invented sanitariums. Then the command was that they should be established all through our world. They were described as beacons of life, symbols and types of the saving power of the truths of the gospel. The Lord designs that the sanitariums established among Seventh-day Adventists, Adventists shall be symbols of what can be done for the world types of the saving power of the truths of the gospel. Then another thing which identifies sanitarium is that it prepare a people for the coming of the Lord. I have been instructed that our medical institution, this is from uh, Councils to Health, are to stand as witnesses for God. They are established to relieve the sick and afflicted, to awaken a spirit of inquiry to disseminate life and to advance reform, this institution, rightly conducted, will be the means of bringing a knowledge of the reforms essential to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord before many that otherwise it would be impossible for us to reach. And we see this every session at Hergelia. People come, both poor and rich, who otherwise would be never reached but they come to this institution. And, you know, the Holy Spirit works in their hearts even before. Yes, we have a question yes. that came in. Um, yeah. People are really appreciating the presentation. We had some good comments. And somebody wants to ask a question, Doug, in fact. He's asking, how does Hergalia Lifestyle Center as a sanitarium work with the local conference to reach their city? Well, I, I would say that our philosophy 
from the beginning was I read in the spirit of prophecy that there is no sanitarium outside the church. So it, will, it should be connected very close. So uh, the uh, secretary of the union was in, in the first board in uh, 91 when we, we uh, established the, the board of the institution. And then he became the president of the union. And uh, so we, we were very close. Right now, the, all the pastors of our conference, and there are about 50 of them, uh, for the last three years, they are coming with their wives uh, and attending a full session. And, uh, you know, uh, all of them become friends of Hergelia. Just a uh, uh, couple of years ago, we stopped our program for two weeks and we joined the conference in the evangelistic meeting and we went through to many locations. You know, we were a small team. So I believe it's essential for a sanitarium to, to work very close with the leaders, even if, even, let's say, even if we don't vote the same in woman ordination, you still can work very close to, to people. <laughs> I think that's a, such an excellent way to have people actually come and be blessed from the Lifestyle Center. Um, it really gives them a contact that's way beyond just hearing about it. So appreciate oh, yeah. you sharing that. Yeah, of many of the pastors said after they go through the session that we did not know for sure. Uh, I mean, we thought that we know, but we didn't know what's what's actually happening because nobody knows who they are. They are, you know, uh, two people out of 50 people and colleagues with us. So they can see the transformation, the, the, the outstanding transformation taking place in, in everybody's uh, heart and, and health during, you know, 11 That's days. Wonderful. Another question that's just a, a, a technicality I just wanted to ask, people are wondering whether they would be able to get your PowerPoint presentation. Would you give permission to share that? Yeah, just, just uh, I'd like to, to mention that because we are working in, uh, in uh, some uh, areas of the world, uh, which we, we should be very wise how to use the information. It should be, you should not just float on the, on the internet. Okay, so for those that are attending today, if we made it available uh, only to them, perhaps, would that be acceptable? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's acceptable. We discovered that, that they should keep in mind that we are working in very sensible areas of the world. And yes, okay, excellent. To... So I will make a link that's available just temporarily that I will put in the chat box. And everybody that's watching right now will be able to download that. If the link is not clickable, I'm not sure whether it will be, you can always copy it and paste it into a browser and then they'll be able to access that and I will remove it uh, you know, after a couple of hours or so. Okay, okay, good. <clears throat> Let's continue. Okay. Um, you know, somebody might ask if we have, maybe we, we have too many already because it's a crisis and it's so hard up with uh, you know keep a medical institution but but the street of prophecy says clear we have none too many sanitariums and there are other parts where it says that it should be a sanitarium near every big city and and you know you ask how how, how big is a big city but let's let's say that that okay one million is that is that okay we still have about uh, you know 450 500 uh, cities to, uh, to to have a sanitarium near it 
after Loma Linda has been bought uh, in medical ministry, uh, uh, Sister White wrote, our sanitariums have been in the past and will continue to be rightly conducted a means of blessing and uplifting the humanity. This institution has been represented to me as a beacon light showing forth the truth as it is in Jesus. Our sanitariums, wherever they are established, should be made educational forces. And I will come back to this, uh, this idea. Um, intemperance of every kind is taking the word captive. And those who are true educators at this time, those who instruct along the lines of self-denial and self-sacrifice will have their reward. Now is our time. Now is our opportunity to do a blessed work. So let's, let's not be afraid to step up to this work. Even if you are a physician or whatever you are, and you know your salary is big right now, and then your salary will be small. But there is a big difference between blessing your family and a few others and blessing and uplifting the humanity. We need more physicians to join in the work of sanitariums. Let's, let's see what are the marks of the Adventist medical institution, no matter the name, as I said, you call it hospital, you call it clinic, center, lifestyle center, institute. What, it, what, what is it that makes a health institution a sanitarium? <clears throat> okay. It follows God's plan of physical and spiritual healing. And as I said, uh, if it fails in its most important feature and contradicts the very object of its existence, uh, <clears throat> because our sanitariums in all their departments should be memorials of God. His instrumentalities for sowing the seeds of truth in human hearts. This day will be if rightly conducted. Never are we to lose sight of the great object of, for which our sanitariums are established, the advancement of God's closing work in the earth. So the two works together. If you focus only on physical, then you are not a sanitarium. If you focus only on spiritual, but you disregard the physical health and the sickness, then probably you're not. It is an educational force. Sanitariums are to be so established and conducted that they will be educational in character. Well, this, this takes time, takes money. You don't generate so much uh, income educating people, but this is what, what a sanitarium should do. In all our medical institutions, patients should be systematically and carefully instructed how to prevent diseases by a wise course of action, through lectures and the consistent practice of the principles of healthful living on the part of consecrated physicians and nurses, the blinded understanding of many will be open and truths never before thought of will be fasted on the mind. Many of the patients will be led to keep the body in most healthy condition possible because it is the Lord's precious possession. When you have shown the people that we have right principles regarding health reform, we should then take up the temperance question in all its bearings and drive it home to the hill. And what happens in, and I don't have the time to go through that quotation, but what happens when people see that we are right in the health realm then they begin to put questions and they ask, maybe, maybe they know something about God also, about religion. And, and you know, the, the counsel is when, when that happens, and it happens in every session, we reluctantly to share our truths. 
Then another feature, you know, for other identities, teaching people to understand and like the laws of God, both physical and moral. And it's, it, this, this part is very interesting because, because it has to do with the mind, the way we, we function. God desires suffering human beings to be taught how to avoid sickness by practice of correct habits of eating, drinking, and redressing. Many are suffering under the oppressive power of sinful practices who might be restored to health by intelligent observance of the laws of life and health. What are these laws of life and health? Well, you know, for the beginner, these are the laws of physiology. So what actually we do is that in these lectures, we do a lot of research and we are, uh, we are up to date and we share with them how our body functions how our brain functions, how can we multiply the cells of the brain, how can we prevent Alzheimer's disease based on observance of these physiological laws. And, you know, they begin to have, they begin to know how they function and they begin to understand that it's not like they are, they are giving up, I don't know what, the pleasures of life, but actually they are, they are aligned to the laws of life. Do you want to live? This is the loss of of living, the loss of physiology, <clears throat> and cooperating with him who died that they might have eternal life. This is the knowledge that men and women need. They need to be taught how to study the divine laws given by Christ for the good of all mankind. This is the work that is to be done in our sanitariums. Then another identity uh, fact is that every act of healing is an act of salvation. He made Jesus each work of healing an occasion of implanting in the heart of the divine principles of his love and in the heart the divine principles of his love and benevolence. Thus, his followers are to work. So whenever we do a treatment, you know, the therapist kneel and ask permission to pray. So far, maybe we're maybe two patients in 24,000 we had since 96. So everybody wants to pray for him. So he prays for God to actually use these, um, you know, natural healing methods we do and to do, you know, supernatural results. And, you know, everything we do becomes a spiritual act. And it's for both rich and poor. These institutions are to be God's memorials where his healing power can reach all classes, high and low, rich and poor. And... Uh, uh, you know, there are many ways how to do that. We kind of decided to uh, to have the, the prices low so that people have more access. Other people, you know, put the prices higher, but they have a fund for worthy poor. No matter how, it's, it's for both classes. And then there are memorials for Sabbath. Very interesting, you know, the, the mark of the beast, the, you know, the... <laughs> You know, this, this institution is part of the institutions who are a memorial for, for Sabbath. Uh, these memorials, however humble in appearance, will constantly bear business against the false Sabbath instituted by Satan and in favor of the Sabbath instituted by the Lord in Eden. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So we work very hard all the week, but then we slow down Friday afternoon and then we, we prepare them for, the, we, we tell them we don't work Sunday, but we'll, we'll catch up uh, Sunday. And uh, 
you know, there is a blessing of that Sabbath. People feel something special about it. And we, we kind of, we tell them that, look, you know, the, the reason we keep Sabbath is because God blessed it. I mean, there is a blessing for, for the mind not to run on the problems. And he makes a miracle. He suspends that running. He suspends, you know, all the worry about problems, so on and so forth. And, and in Sabbath, he does a miracle, like with the manna. And, you know, if you would like, you can be part of it. We, we invite you to be, and, you know, everything happening there, it's a memorial for Sabbath. And, and what a blessing to have every uh, second Sabbath, to have 20, 30, sometimes 45 people who are not Adventists, and many of them, maybe they didn't put a step into an Adventist church. And another, another identifying feature is the preferential use of natural physiological lifestyle remedies coupled with prayer and faith. You know, I use preferential use of nat natural uh, physiological remedies because, you know, the, the science of pharmacology, even if it's, you know, if it's really, you know, drive, driven by the pharma industry, still there are, there are some medication we need. There are some medication people come with already and we, we, you cannot just take them out. So we, we need to be very careful about, uh, you know, being very uh, balanced about uh, medication. But, you know, comparing with the way the medicine is, is practiced. And by the way, you know, in, in uh, uh, 2018, in Lancet, was, uh, you know, uh, researchers, uh, Dr. Ray Foss, uh, Ray, Ray uh, uh, Foster or something, I don't remember. Anyway, published in Lancet in, in February 2018, uh, uh, an extraordinary study which shows that diabetes can uh, enter in remission and actually is, is healed for the for a certain duration, longer and, and or shorter. So for those who weigh, uh, lost about 15 kilos, you know the rate of remission was 85, 85 of them. So anyway, you know, you, you think that everybody in the, in the uh, hospitals will start to prescribe or at, at least to, to, to the residents or to the to medical school, uh, you know, in practice that, yeah, okay, so there is this study. Finally, we have, we found the way to reverse. No, I spoke with the residents. They didn't know anything about this study. They continue to do their, their uh, treatments. As, as usual, as they've done it 10 years ago. But here in the sanitarium, we function differently. We think about the physiology and about to use some remedies with no side effects, and God will bless that. Uh, and uh, here in the first, mess, uh, first quotations, says that there are many ways of practicing the healing art, but there is only one way that happens approves. God's remedies are the simple agencies of nature that will not test or debilitate the system through their powerful pro properties. Pure air and water, cleanliness, a proper diet, purity of life, and firm trust in God are remedies for the want of which thousands are dying. Yet these remedies are going out of date because their skill skillful use requires work that the people that the people do not appreciate and don't pay. Yeah, yeah, a nurse in the, in the hospital maybe has eight or 10 or 15 patients, but a nurse in our sanitarium here deals only with uh, four, very rare with five uh, patients and, and spends one hour every day. So that means in, in during 11 days, 
we talk about nine hours. So <clears throat> the physician should know how to pray. In many cases, uh, he must increase suffering in order to save life. And whether the patient is a Christian or not, he feels greater security if he knows that his physician fears God. So all these natural rem remedies, more faith and fewer drugs with prayer. Uh, another feature is that Adventists in all leadership position. So in all leadership, I understand, you know, we live in a very complex and we shouldn't judge Loma Linda or other places because it's very complicated today. But in, in leadership position, we should have Adventists. No, no excuse and no apology about that. Because, you know, we need God-fearing physician as leaders. Uh, we, the Redeemer respects our physicians to make the saving of the soul their first work. And uh, yeah, we need good administrators, Adventist administrators in order to be self-sustainable. And, you know, we can read more in councils of health or medical ministry, there is a description of how the physician or administrator should be. Another feature is that it should not be speculative, uh, like, you know, for business, for your uh, gain, and should be connected with the church, as I said. We do not establish them as speculative business, but to help men and women to follow right habits of living. Uh, <clears throat> Sanitariums are needed in which successful medical and surgical work can be done. Those institutions conducted in accordance with the will of God would remove prejudice and call our work into favorable notice. The highest aim of the workers in this institution is to be spiritual help to the patients. Successful evangelistic work can be done in connection with medical missionary work. It is as these lines of work are united that we may expect to gather the most precious fruit for the Lord. So, Another feature is that, uh, like uh, uh, one of the, the viewers uh, had that question, uh, we should be very united with those who preach. And maybe they don't have a, a medical diploma, but we can complement each other and we can gather most more fruits. Uh, and we, you know, we have so many instructions. God has repeatedly given instruction regarding the importance of this institution and the necessity for its establishment. He desires the sanitarium to be built that we may cooperate with his instru instrumentalities in relieving the sufferings of humanity. Okay, this was about the identity and the role of sanitarium. And we turn now to the connection between the three angels' message and the sanitariums. So we all know about these three uh, uh, angels' messages, maybe by, by heart, uh, from Revelation 14, 6 to uh, 12. And uh, <clears throat> it's about that angel with an everlasting gospel to be preached to, to everybody. Uh, who said, who is saying, fear God, give glory to him. He speaks about the hour of judgment, and he speaks about worshiping to him, because evidently, uh, you know, people need to be uh, uh, waked up. People need to be, their attention should be get, because, you know, we shouldn't worship to something else, but to him who is the creator. And then the second angel is about confusion and about uh, 
fornication. It's about, you know, uh, forgetting the first love and getting in all kinds of ideas, no, no matter how interesting or fancy they are, uh, and bringing that confusion into the fold. And the third one is, is about the, the mark of the beast and his image and so on and so forth. And uh, it ends with uh, keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Uh, you know, sanitariums fit into this picture because, you know, the command for sanitariums was like the everlasting gospel, which should go to everybody. Also, sanitariums should go global. And in six, six testimonies, it's written the river of life and healing, uh, which is described in Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12, um, applies to sanitariums. From this fountain flows the mighty river seen in Ezekiah's vision. Such a river of life and healing, God, God designs that by his power working through them, our sanitariums shall be. Uh, so it's a it's a river of of health going and and going and and encircling the world as we see in the in the next one. We shall see the medical missionary work broadening and deepening at every point of its progress because of the inflowing of hundreds and thousands of streams until the whole earth is covered as the waters cover the sea. Is this wishful thinking or is this something which God wants? Is this a conditional prophecy if we are faithful or, or is this something which God, I don't know exactly how and I don't know exactly with whom, will do? Uh, my father died in 2015 and about one month before he died, uh, I was at his uh, uh, bed, he was bedridden. And he told me, Nick, you know, I'm, I'm not a prophet, but, you know, I, I believe the Lord will tarry another 20 years. I don't know, maybe less or more. But, you know, this prophecy about uh, and about sanitariums, their importance about setting them around the big city, is not, not fulfilled. And, and you know, he, he wished that, that the, the leadership of the church and we all would pay more attention to this. Uh, God has given our sanitariums an opportunity to set in operation a work that will be as a stone in sticked with life growing as it is rolled by an invisible hand. Let this misty stone be set in motion. And, you know, we shouldn't look at, uh, you know, saving the, uh, all, the, uh, all the world. We should just uh, do our part in this. Uh, talking about Revelation 14, in the, the first angel, you know, asks us to remember God. He was the creator, the redeemer. He's the final judge and restorer. Uh, and we should remember that we are royal by design. We are, we are his family. We are not just some evolved monks, uh, monkeys or, you know, evolved from nothing. And the sanitarium work comes right in here because, you know, when we teach, uh, you know, the patients the marvelous way which our bodies is, uh, is you know, all the mechanisms, how, how tuned they are. And if, if we got sick, you know, if we, we damage that, how many mechanisms to recover for emission, they are there. It's, it's impossible to not to see God's there, not to see the creator there, and not to see the redeeming features of, of him. And then the second angel, uh, 
remember truth, clarity, and first unadulterated love and come out of, of mess. Uh, and then the third thing, remember Sabbath, memorial of creation and redemption, memorial of appartenance to God's, the fact that we are part of God's family. Uh, what is the connection between sanitariums and memorials? Because you see in, in Revelation 14, there are a lot of memorials. Uh, memorial is something that keeps remembrance alive, such as a monument, a structure, a day, and praise, praise the Lord that we have a day, not uh, make our place to where to go. Uh, or something such a day, speech or ceremony that commemorates. And as I said, Revelation is full of, of uh, memorials. And when God speaks about sanitariums, uh, you know, he compared them with memorials. The Lord has ordained that sanitariums be established in many places to stand as memorials for him. This is one of his chosen way of proclaiming the third angel's message. I mean, yeah, the, the memorial is, is embedded in the mission and in the presence of the sanitarium. Our sanitariums in all their departments should be memorials of God. His instrumentalities for sowing the seeds of truth in human hearts. This they will be if rightly conducted. Our sanitarium's work is to help make up the number of God's people. Our sanitariums in all their departments should be memorials of God, his instrumentalities for sowing the seeds of truth in human hearts. This they will be rightly conducted. <clears throat> then uh, <clears throat> another feature is uh, in Revelation is the preaching of the everlasting gospel for the end time. And, and sanitariums are, are there also for the end time. It is through the agency of our sanitariums and similar enterprises that much of this work is to be done. This institution are to be God's memorials where his healing power can reach all classes, high and low, rich and poor. Every dollar invested in them for Christ's sake will bring blessing both to the giver and to the suffering humanity. I have been instructed that our medical institution are to stand as witnesses for God. They are established to relieve the sick and the afflicted, to awaken a spirit of inquiry, to disseminate light and to advance reform. This institution, rightly conducted, will be the means of bringing a knowledge of, of the reforms essential to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord, before many that otherwise it would be impossible for us to reach. <clears throat> Then there, we, we talk about commandments, uh, you know, all the, those who speak about Revelation 14 speaks about, you know, creator, uh, commandment one, commandment four, uh, and so on. The influences that are associated with health reform will co command it to the judgment of all who want light. And they will advance step by step to receive the special truths for this time. Thus, truth and righteousness will meet together. The gospel and the medical missionary work are to advance together. The gospel is to be bound up with the principles of true health reform. Christianity is to be brought into the practical life. Our sanitariums are to be the means of enlightening those who come to them for treatment. But somebody said, okay, they come here, so now I need to tell them about Sabbath and about the state of the dead and so on. No, no, no. 
No, the spirit of prophecy says, no, we should build on common ground because uh, see what, what is happening. Here uh, uh, is describes what, what happens. The patients are to be shown how they can live up on a diet of grain, fruits, nuts, and other products of the soil. I have been instructed that lectures should be regularly given in our sanitariums on health topics and physiology, how our body functions and what is good for it. People are to be taught to discard those articles of food and that weaken the health, or for that reason, any lifestyle which, which weaken the health and strengthen strength of the beings for whom Christ gave his life. The injurious e effects of tea and coffee are to be shown. Let the patients be shown the necessity of practicing the principle of health reform if they would regain their health. Let the sick be shown how to get well by being temperate in eating and by taking regular exercise in the open air. By the work of our sanitariums, suffering is to be relieved and health restored. Our sanitariums are established for a special purpose to teach people that we do not live to eat, but that we eat to live. And so as they are restored, as they understand these laws, something very interesting is happening. I have been given special light that in our sanitariums, many souls will receive and obey present truth. In this institution, men and women are to be taught how to care for their own bodies and at the same time, how to become sound in faith. Our sanitariums are to be schools in which instruction shall be given in the medical missionary lines. And they are to bring to sin six souls the leaves of the tree of life, which will restore to them peace and hope and faith. As we talk about physiology, they realize that, okay, there are laws I, I, need to, I need to observe. I need to chew my food because the stomach layer is just uh, two or three millimeters. I don't know how much is that in inches, but it's very, it's very, it's not like a chicken uh, stomach. It's very uh, thin. And so they understand why they have to do what they have to do. And they understand they are, there is law and order. Then they begin to wonder, maybe, Maybe there is law and order for my emotional life. Maybe there is law and order for moral law. And then they, they start asking. They start asking questions. Yeah, because sanitarium teaching is teaching alignment to all God's law. In teaching health principles, keep before the mind the great object of reform, that its purpose is to secure the highest development of body, mind, and soul. Show that the laws of nature, being the laws of God, are designed for our good, that obedience to them promotes happiness in this life and aids in the preparation for the life to come. Lead the people to study the manifestation of God, love, and wisdom in the works of nature. Lead them to study that marvelous organism, the human system, and the laws by which uh, it is governed. And then those, it says, those who perceive the evidences of God's love. I mean, when you look at physiology, it's impossible not to see that. Who understand something of the wisdom and the beneficent of his laws and the results teaching health principles of obedience will come to regard their duties and obligation from an altogether different point of view. Instead of looking upon an observance of the laws of health as a matter of sacrifice and self-denial, they will regard it as it really, really is an inestimable blessing. Every gospel worker should feel that the giving of instruction is uh, important because it's the, the bridge 
to the other laws of life pertaining to our emotional life and pertaining to our spirituality, the moral life. And they are, they are, they are open, they are, they are ready to align them also to those uh, principles. <clears throat> I think in, in, the, <clears throat> in, in the sanitarium is, is, the, is the best place, and the best way to transition from the loss of physiology to the moral loss. <clears throat> Uh, I don't have time to go to all this, but the spirit of prophecy says that, you know, while they go through this process, that God talks to them and they begin to ask questions. And we shouldn't then jump on them with the Sabbath, with everything, which reluctantly we should answer some of the questions and little by little, you know, not to overflood them, they will open to the present truth. <clears throat> Because the, the problem in our world today is that health, not truth, is of concern for the postmodernistic egocentric mind. And God knew that. <clears throat> and I have a quotation about, uh, about Christ method alone. Um, we, we should do some work. We should do some, some sweating, sweating and some, some hard work before uh, telling them, okay, <laughs> come to the, the present truth, uh, the moral truth, the love of God. Uh, and uh, we, all, we, we first should bring them to Jesus, as this quotation says, let the workers keep Christ, the great physician, constantly. And this is common ground for religious or non-religious people. Uh, constantly before those to whom disease and the body and soul was brought discouragement. Find them to the one who can heal both physical and spiritual disease. Tell, tell them of the one who is touching with the feeling of their infirmities. Encourage them to place themselves in the care of him who gave his life, to make it possible for them to have life eternal. Talk of his love. Tell of his power to save, not only from the disease, but... Uh, also from, uh, from the scene. Okay, time is running out. Uh, I'd like to go to the fourth uh, idea. Why is high time to open more around the world, more sanitariums around the world? But they are efficient by all measures. Uh, in Manuscript 5, 1908, uh, it's written, our sanitariums have been presented to me as most efficient mediums for the promotion of the gospel message. Well, just imagine, like in ours, every uh, two weeks we have uh, 20, 30, 40 people who are not of our faith, who are in very close contact, much closer contact than the pulpit during the evangelistic meeting. And then, you know, many of them are first, uh, for the first time uh, in, in worshiping, worshiping with us during the Sabbath. What a privilege to have a church uh, at Hergelia in, on our premises, where every second Sabbath we have 20, 30, 40 friends. Now tell me how many churches have that. And tell me about efficiency. And we need to have more because there is a demand and interest. Traditional sermonizing has little impact in Europe, US, uh, uh, Australia, developed world or developing world, 
with this postmodernistic mind and millennials, Gen X, YZ. Young generation look for relationship, entertainment, health, environment, and inequality causes, not truth, like we, we used to fight for. More and more church leaders interested to start one in their field, I'm talking about our church, from Germany, Spain, Italy, Eastern Europe, they are willing today to do that. Uh, and I just remind you about what happened in Jamaica in 2008 when there was a uh, uh, you know, GC division meeting and there was a feature on health. Other Ted Wilson and GC health department explored with the division leaders uh, a concept, one sanitarium near every one million plus city. Now, uh, how much would cost that? An average 40 room sanitarium will cost between two and five million USD, uh, you know, depends on which location in the world. On average, let's say four million. Well, you know, I, I want to tell you the big difference is from a 200,000 project to let's say one million. That, that's a big difference. But between one and four million, there is practically not much difference. For 500 sanitarium, we need about two billion USD. Uh, $2 billion. Well, that sounds like a lot, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, Loma Linda University built this new hospital, which cost about $1.5 billion. They were, they were uh, by earthquake uh, regulation, they had to upgrade, and to upgrade the, the old one costed about $700, $800 million, so it was the best thing to build this new one. If we can build you know, one hospital with 1.5 billion. Can we, as a church with 20 plus million people, can can we not build uh, uh, 500 sanitariums or million each? Why not have a sanitarium planting global plan, like the church planting global plan? I just told you how efficient it is. So we we, we could continue to do what we we do, but you know, we we should kind of be responsible how we use our resources. Why is it worth it? Because like I said, Sanitarium is another unusual church where you have 20 to 40 new friends visitors every second Sabbath. And Sanitariums are another atypical intensive evangelistic campaign where you reach out to 20, 40 people. The campaign is sustainable and you, you know what I mean. They pay for it, they pay you to do it. And evangelists are much closer to the people than the pulpit is. And talking about the feasibility of 500 sanitariums globally, it is more than feasible to find 2 billion for encircling the world with lifestyle centers. If you don't believe us, Dean Ornish and Neil Barnard, and they, they will believe in this. We need hundreds of leaders, managers, and thousands of workers. I know. But if McDonald's could do it and have so many around the world, God's people can't in the noble purpose of spreading the end time gospel. I think we can, we can. I think there is no better time in history to start a sanitarium. There is evidence-based medicine. <clears throat> uh, the evidence-based medicine is all for it. The public is all for it. And I just uh, uh, have, you know, uh, some I, some glimpse about what's happening. Lifestyle medicine is widely accepted. Today is recognized medically as a medical specialty, specialty under American Medical Association. Health education and promotion used more and more in prevention and treatment of chronic diseases. 
medical nutrition therapy is paid by insurance in the US. More and more recognition of whole person care. Like, you know, when you treat diabetes patient, you should treat them also for diabetes distress, not just for blood sugar going up and down. Recognition of impact of emotional health and spiritual exercises like prayer on health. And there are many studies. National Institute of Health, major universities, and major hospitals have departments of complementary uh, and alternative medicine. <clears throat> and lifestyle medicine is growing strongly. Heart disease, atherosclerosis, we know it's reversible with plant-based diet, exercise, and lifestyle change. Uh, we know that from 1990, it's proved. Some heart disease reversal programs like Dr. Ornish's are covered now by insurance in the United States. Direct study, this is the name of the study done in UK in 2018, and they published also a follow-up after two years, 2019. Proved diabetes is re reversible with plant-based diet and lifestyle change. Chronic renal disease is reversible with plant based diet, and uh, now everybody prescribed for, for uh, chronic heart, uh, renal disease this, this diet. Alzheimer's disease, most probably reversible with plant-based diet. Plant-based diet, best diet in Crohn's disease, colitis, and other intestinal inflammatory diseases. And so if, if uh, Barnard or, or the guy who has nutrition facts and all those are so vocal and so passionate why are we not passionate about all this? We should be in the forefront of this. Not only Loma Linda with those studies, but all of us should be in the forefront because this is an exciting time when you know everything we, we, we know is confirmed. Animal amino acids raise risk for heart disease with 60% compared with vegetable amino acids. This is a recent study who came out from Adventist Health Study too. <clears throat> Since 2015, dietary guidelines for Americans gave for the first time a plant-based diet, vegetarian healthy diet as a rec recommendation for mainstream dietary patterns, besides traditional healthy American and medical me uh, Mediterranean diets. Then the environment is big. Environment footprint more favorable for vegetarian lifestyle comparing with omnivorous lifestyle. Plant-based diets, were the most important trend in nutrition since 2017. And lastly, plant-based diet, the most efficient diet for long-term weight loss. So all the evidence, I mean, this is, this is folks the time to establish more sanitariums everywhere in the world, as this quotation says. Sanitariums are to be established all throughout the world and managed by uh, people who are in harmony with God's law. The establishment of sanitarium seven testimonies for the care of the sick and the suffering is just as necessary in Europe as in America. Uh, there will be perplexing questions in Europe, but from the light given me, institution will be established which, though at first small, will, by God's blessing, become larger and stronger. Uh, it's the... It says the best way to reach higher classes, and I have a picture here. One time we had five mayors of, of five different cities in Romania who, you know, by providence, they were in the same session. And not only to high class, but to all classes uh, of people, sanitary work is one of the most successful means of reaching. So we should not wait anymore. 
And I just uh, want to give you a few examples and encouragement is the next slide with Hergelia Lifestyle Center. You see a, a, a nice picture of uh, how it's nested between the hills, running hills of uh, uh, Transylvania. And we have on the right side, the gardening, in the middle is the lifestyle center and in the left is uh, the training center and chapel. Um, <clears throat> A few pictures, you, uh, Wayne, you can't go through this picture quickly. Uh, the last one from Hergelia is this lady who came more than 50 times. She was, she was a lawyer, and every time she, she came with new patients, and she prepared them. So we, did, we, we had a, a lesser uh, difficult job to work with the patient because she was there. Uh, here is a map of, uh, in, in yellow, the present functioning sanitariums. Each one of us, uh, of these are between 40 and 50 patients capacity. That is in, uh, in uh, yellow, Galia 96, Podish 08, and uh, uh, there is uh, another one uh, in 19 which open. And the blue one uh, are uh, sanitariums in making. This is Romania. But then we go to Moldova Republic, uh, where it was open in 2014. The next uh, slide, please. Um, and these are a few slides from there. During COVID, we were blessed to uh, remodel the third uh, building with more hydrotherapy, a small uh, swimming pool. And uh, uh, yeah, this is how it looked. Uh, uh, during the construction, it was an old uh, building, but this is how it looks now through God's blessing and the involvement of, uh, of uh, people like my sister Magdalena, who was leading during the uh, remodeling. Uh, here is, uh, this is the Ministry of Health when we had the uh, uh, next one, uh, Wayne, please. Uh, the Ministry Minister of Health from Moldova came for uh, opening, official opening in 2014 and and then uh, we had uh, a lunch together. And this is the team with, with patients. Um, then uh, the next picture is a, a lifestyle center, a small lifestyle center in Israel at the Sea of Galilee. Maybe you heard about it, Mitalia Lifestyle Center. is very, very, very difficult, the work there. But through God's grace, we see light and we see how it's amazing. We have so many stories about how God is working. You can go on with a, a picture of the room there, a picture of the patients during the lecture. And then from, from there, we jump back in Eastern Europe to Hungary. This is the place we are working very close with the union there. Um, and uh, this is the place of the with two lakes and we had uh, 10 hectares and this is a rendition of the uh, architects. It won't be so fancy. Uh, architects, you know, they have many ideas, but it will be a simpler, simple and nice building there. Then we go to, to Serbia. Uh, right now, as we talk, the union uh, there, uh, the leadership, are you looking for a place? This They found a place which is close to Novi Sad and about 70 kilometers from the capital city of Belgrade. <clears throat> okay, uh, I know it's, it's kind of late, but uh, for those who can stay a little bit longer, I'd like to give a short guide based on the, the current understanding and the little experience we have about how to start the sanitarium. What are the seven essential steps to take in, in order to, 
to start one. Wayne, if you would like to show the slide. Okay. The form, first one is preparation and culture. I mean, we need to be prepared, like, like Elijah prepared himself by putting, doing small but faithful job to Elisha. Uh, um, the second one is vision and dream. Without vision and without a dream, it's difficult to, to uh, think of a sanitarium. Then the third one is to explore existing experience. We should not reinvent the wheel. The fourth one is, uh, I, I will come back to each one of them. Network with church leaders, with business people, with OCI, with ASI, with Amon, and with other committed Christian network. The fifth step is make a comprehensive financial development plan in several phases. If you think to do everything in the one phase, you will get discouraged, but think in phases, but you need to make a plan. Then sixth, build and train the team. Probably this is the most important thing. The rest is, you know, uh, you know, secondary, but the team is in the center. And then uh, lastly, the seventh step, set up the right NGO and the right instit institutional structure. Okay, the first uh, uh, slide, the next slide there with uh, the first step, it's preparation and culture. I just want to say that, that the spirit of prophecy has to, to say a lot about the culture of the founders. Uh, you know, we need to read, even today is not fashion, but, but reading, reading the Bible, Spirit of Prophecy, other important books, seeing other culture, you know, really prepare us and God brings those opportunities for those who call. And, uh, you know, prepare us like uh, uh, Elisha for Elijah, yeah? You know, working with him, doing faithfully small things, we are prepared for, uh, uh, you know, bigger things. And then secondly, the vision. Well, without vision, you know, people perish because, you know, that means that there is no Bible opening. There is no spirit of prophecy knowledge. There is no viewing of what are the people do sacrificially in, in OCI. There is no other ideas of business people or other people like those in ASI who have so many inventive ways to spread the gospel. And you know, you, you need to be exposed if somehow this vision comes to you, you need to see what other people did in sanitariums because, you know, it's no use to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, during the shaping of, of this vision, you, you will develop a sense of high calling. You know, if we don't have that, going through all the hardship, you know, going sometimes without salaries, if we, we if we don't see the light, if we don't see the heaven through this project, then then it's little probability that we'll, we will take. We we need to have that high calling. We, we need to discover that it's a holy purpose and to make out of it our life project. If we think like, okay, I'll do it for one year, well, no sanitarium in one year. I'll oh, okay, I'll stay five years, no sanitarium five years. You know, if you want to do a sanitarium, it really should be your life project. And and you should approach it with single-mindedness. If you think that you can do some other business or do this, that, you know, it's wrong. You cannot do anything else because it takes all your life and, and two more. Then, you know, I have to, to sorry, we are late, but I, I, I have to go through this and I will quickly end. The third one is to explore existing experience, existing sanitarium. 
visit prayerfully many sanitariums and, and, you know, prayerfully try to find somebody to guide, to mentor you, somebody who has experience in, in setting up a sanitarium, because it's one thing to talk about it, it's one thing to know what the spirit of prophecy says about sanitariums, it's a whole together different thing to, to start one. It's, it's, a, it's a different thing to start one than to just talk and, and find somebody like that who started, who is, who is, is faithful, who, who uh, is balanced, who, who, is, who is working with the church. So you, you, you look at all these when you, when you try, uh, you, you look for a mentor. <clears throat> then network. So I don't spend too much about network because right now we are network, networking. And, and foremost, we should work with the church. Like I said, I personally, like many Romanians, I'm voting about against, you know, uh, we, we voted against woman ordination. For me, to tell you the truth, is the fifth wheel at the car. I, I would go with, with the other thing. If, if the GC, uh, you know, in general session will vote that way, I have no problem with that. And so when I go somewhere, I, I don't ask myself, okay, this, this leader of the church voted, like, okay, let's say Hungary. They voted for women or this. So I cannot work because this is, I mean, I, the, the unforgivable sin. I think we, we need to be more, more realistic about how we work to each other because we are so few. We are 20 million plus and, and we are dealing with a 7 billion war, uh, billion world. We need each one of us. And, you know, we shouldn't make out of this thing central issues. So we need to work with them. I, I, I have a habit. I, I spend at least one weekend with the president of the union so he knows me. He knows what kind of mentality I have, if I am balanced or not, and so on. And I know also him. And almost every time when I do that, from there develops a friendship, and we are together in this. And then OCI, there are, there are more than 100 institutions or families or small ministries which work in OCI, in medical missionary line, in other lines. And it's, it's an inspiration. Uh, you can go to their site and you can see uh, you know, and, and you can identify sanitariums. And ASI, we are at the ASI convention. You see the diversity of ideas. You see the, the diversity of experience. So why not to tap into it? And then Eamon, all those physicians and, and who dedicated their life and who, who are doing medical missionary work. So all these are places where we should, should network together. The fifth step, make a comprehensive financial and development plan in several phases. Estimate budget of projects. You will estimate because you won't know for sure. You know the, how much it costs the land, how much it costs the education, how much it costs the buildings. And I think in phases, those who are more, you know, if you have the conviction, and the conviction is not only yours, but it's uh, other people in the team have the conviction, and the church is convicted, then probably you shouldn't go for 50%, have, to have commitment for 50%. Maybe you can't go as low as God tells you to do. But, you know, maybe you can start with 15%, you have commitment for 50%, and then go with the 50% and do everything you can and start the project and put the foundation, and then, while you do that, you work for the next 15%. But if God is in it and, and it's not a fanatical thing, you know, the thing will go forward. 
But that doesn't mean that you don't have to develop marketing and fundraising skills. There are people who are, who are you know, God will, will send or will help you to find those kind of people to associate with those people who know how to make friends and how who, they know how to present. Uh, but probably the best, the, the leaders, those who have the vision are the best to present and to do the fundraising. Well, planning is important, so don't underestimate. That's an exercise you should do. And uh, I remember I did that exercise with Lynn Behrens, the president of Loma Linda University. Well, it sounds strange for an OCI leader to do that, but we were friends, and I came to, to see that she's also a devoted Christian, and she wants the best for the university a hospital. And, you know, she helped me very much to, to understand this process and to make to make some plans. I shouldn't say strategic plans, that's too fancy, but to make a plan. God, God says that you know you, you need to calculate before you start, and, and uh, planning it's it's very important. The sixth step in building and training, there is no amount of time somebody could speak about this, and, and you know that. Uh, but essential for building a team is a common theological platform. I cannot I cannot underline enough uh, that this is essential because if the theological platform is different, if somebody believes in the spirit of prophecy, somebody believes just in here and there or other things like those, then, then there is no good start and, and development. <clears throat> so it's important in the beginning when you form the team to study and discuss together the, the Bible and the blueprint councils or you know books pertaining the development of the sanitarium. And then it's an opportunity to talk and to, to see how the other people think and to come to a common understanding. <clears throat> and it's essential to find complementary talents, not choose uh, people who are, you know, uh, so serious like you. Maybe you need some fun people around or, or you are a visionary, you need some accountants around, but, you know, make sure you don't bring them in the beginning because they can ruin your project, the accountants. And decide uh, training, you, you need training. Even if you are a physician or you have a formal training, you, you need further training to work in a sanitarium. So you decide what kind, where, how long, what commitment, and so on. And then, you know, you need the specific training for medical uh, people like uh, physician, nurses, for administrat administrators, for leadership, and so on. And then during this process, you know, naturally that you will talk with the team and with, with those eventually with the board, the mission, vision, objective. And the last uh, point I want to talk, the last step, is setting up the right NGO, you know, known for profit and institutional structure. Well, for one, I, I like to read the laws and I, I uh, you know, I trust and I don't trust very much lawyers. Uh, I always like to, to read the laws of, of the non-for-profit of the land because they are like 50 pages, but they are important because you need with your own eyes to know what you can do and how you can position your institution to take advantage of the legislation. And then study local social socioeconomical situation, legal environment, and so on. And then, you know, when you set up the structure, because when you set up the organization, you need to set up a structure with board of directors, executive committee, get a lot of, uh, of uh, advice 
uh, about whom to put, because you need to put people of experience, at least one who started a sanitarium, because otherwise people will, will come to the board meeting guessing about sanitariums. And uh, of course, it shouldn't be all of them who start sanitariums who should bring other people committed, you know, from different walks of life, uh, maybe church leaders, but get a lot of advice from experienced people, how to uh, do the structure and what kind of people to put in, uh, in this. Well, uh, one more thing, you know, I, I uh, 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 the next uh, uh, slide, and this is the, the last before the last one, um, I was speaking about uh, a situation where a visionary uh, uh, or a group of visionaries start this and there is a leader, but there are situations like in the Battle Creek, which is the church or a group of leader of the church starts, started or starts something. Uh, sanitariums are not always started by a visionary leader. In this situation, all the bastards uh, are needed, plus that a church, OCI mixed leadership, or, you know, I, I say OCI because we, you need somebody who really started a, a sanitarium. This, this group might keep the place of the leader in the beginning phases for fundraising, legality, setting the non-for-profit organization, of obtaining permits and building. So this is a mixed group of leaders. So, uh, but then they, they should identify a leader and a manager of the project uh, during this pro process. And that's why we, uh, what we've done in Hungary. We are working very close with the church and ASI. And, uh, you know, through the benevolence of ASI president, they know a person who is dedicated for life, uh, for life and for health all his life. And so he was willing to take part-time job as an administrating during this stage, we are like, you know, when we, when we work with the architect, we need a lot of permits uh, and we, we need to do, you know, before we start working and we bought some properties for workers and so on. So when we talk about a church or a group who starts like, uh, you know, the church started Better Creek is a little bit different, but it's possible. So there is not only one way to skin the cat. And uh, the last slide, I would like to leave you with a final thought. Uh, beyond the spirit of prophecy, Jesus is our model. And we really want in a sanitarium to tailor and to, to model what we do after what he, he's done. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And may that we never are to lose sight of the great object for which our sanitariums are established. So don't think as a physician or as a nurse or as, as a therapist or, or as, a, as a, a, you know, successful businessman who, who are called, you know, to, to manage, uh, you know, maybe without salary, a sanitarium. Don't think for a minute that is some kind of weird thing in the backwoods, uh, you know, no the great object for which our sanitariums are established, you become a part of a very great work. There is no other great work under the, the sun than the advancement of God's closing. And that's about the saving souls work in the earth. 
May God bless each one of you who hear or see this presentation. And let me have a short uh, word of prayer so that God will, will listen every sincere desire and will fulfill this plan, which is his, to encircle the world with medical missionary work and with uh, sanitariums. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we could spend. And thank you that you helped me to speak, although sometimes it's not easy with the spirit of prophecy, but, you know, your Holy Spirit to bring these thoughts home to those who need to listen. And Father, th these are your plans. I don't know exactly how you will do it, but but I know that you, you can do it and you will do it. And personally, I, I'd like to be part of it. And I, I pray that each one who you uh, called from those who hear or share this presentation to say yes to your calling, because this is not just going out into some woods uh, secluded or, uh, but this is taking part of the greatest work under the, the sun, in which all heaven is involved, and that is the, the saving work and the closing of the history on this earth and the coming of your kingdom. I pray that all of us will be there and many, many who will be brought in through the sanitariums. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI. Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.